Welcome to the Yoga Mat Podcast. I'm Matt Barker. We'll be learning about different aspects of health, hearing from guests who share their knowledge and experience about the benefits of health in all areas of life. Sports and exercise, art and music, health at home and in the workplace, and of course, yoga. So welcome to episode 5. Have you ever found yourself in that moment where time feels like it's standing still or you seem to be doing something without even thinking? That is flow. You might know it as being in the zone. In positive psychology, it's described as the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement and enjoyment of the process of the activity. In yoga, we talk about flow being the movement between postures. It's that space between where we continue the meditation of the practice. And we find flow everywhere, in art, in sports, in music, and even in the workplace. Times when we're so deeply involved in what we're doing that we function undistracted and fully focused. What's going on when we feel that flow? And how do we get there? Later this episode, I'll share an interview I had with my good friend Jordan Slaughter. He's a drummer and triathlete based in San Antonio in Texas, and we discussed what flow feels like and how he prepares to get into the zone both in music and in sports. But first... You gotta rise above it. Mm-hmm. You gotta harness in the good energy, block out the bad. Harness, energy, block, bad. Feel the flow happy. Feel it. It's circular. It's like a carousel. You pay the quarter, you get on the horse. It goes up and down and around. Circular, circle, with the music, the flow, all good things. Nowadays, we hear the word flow getting thrown around a lot. But when it comes to the actual science, what is flow? Mihai Csikszentmihalyi is professor of psychology and management at Claremont Graduate University and well known for his work in the study of happiness and creativity. His book, Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience, explains some of his pioneering work in studies of the state of what he was first to label, flow, and he suggests some ways to help us get into the zone. Csikszentmihalyi describes the different characteristics of flow as the complete concentration on the task, clarity of goals and the reward in mind, the transformation of time, that speeding up and slowing down of time, and that the experience is intrinsically rewarding, that it feels effortless. It's also a balance between the levels of challenge and skills, and where our actions and awareness are merged, and there's this overall feeling of control over the task we're doing. And when we feel this state of flow, What's happening to our brains? The state of flow has not really been investigated from a neuropsychological perspective, but it's become a focus of some researchers. In 2003, Arne Dietrich, 
who's chair of the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the American University in Beirut, took MRI scans of people in states of flow, and he noticed decreased activity in the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is the area of the brain responsible for higher cognitive functions, like our consciousness and memories. And when we're in that state of flow, this area is believed to temporarily slow down in a process he calls transient hypofrontality. This temporary inactivation of the prefrontal cortex may trigger those feelings of distortion of time, loss of consciousness, and the loss of inner critic. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi wrote, The best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. Most people are at their happiest when they're in a state of flow. It's that feeling of being fully immersed in a challenging task and feeling at one with it. And Csikszentmihalyi developed a model of flow. I'll put a link in the show description so you can have a wee look. And this model shows how flow and happiness increase as our challenges and abilities become greater. For example, if we find a task is not challenging enough and our abilities are limited to take on that task, we feel a sense of sadness or depression. And if our abilities are low and the task we are given is too challenging, then we become stressed and anxious. And meanwhile, if our abilities are high and we are not challenged enough, then we can find ourselves bored. So that flow state is achieved when an activity is challenging enough to keep our brains interested, while at the same time, we're skilled enough to tackle the challenge without it being too difficult. So what things can we do to get into a flow state? In order to reach flow state, we've got to eliminate all external distractions. Every time we lose focus, the less likely it will be to get into that flow state. Only when we can focus with undivided attention for at least 10 to 15 minutes can we find that. In fact, whenever we do get distracted, it takes on average 25 minutes to bring back our full attention to the task we are doing. This is because of something called attention residue which is basically that some of your attention is still left behind at the previous tasks you were doing. So there needs to be this sufficient time between tasks for us to fully engage in the next one we begin. Of course, the biggest source of distraction nowadays, not surprisingly, is our phones. Just having a phone beside us, whether it's vibrating or buzzing or not, creates a distraction. You can also create a relaxing environment using music or white noise. Using instrumental music like classical music or something repetitive will be good. Something that is familiar to us and has no vocals and therefore it's not distracting helps to create a calm and comfortable environment to give us space to find focus. And it's not just external distractions that need to be removed. We also need to eliminate internal distractions. Whenever we have too much on our minds, it's difficult to keep focused on our current task and therefore impossible to get into the zone. And like we've discussed in previous podcasts, thoughts and stress will easily take us away from what we're doing. 
So using methods like meditation to be able to control these can help us relax and bring us back to what we're doing, what we're trying to focus on. And those distractions too go as far as making sure we're well hydrated and neither hungry nor stuffed because those feelings of discomfort are also distracting. We can work at our biological peak time. Getting into a flow state is hard if we're tired or low on energy and focusing and paying full attention to something is energy draining. So we need to do it when our minds are sharp and energized. And we all have different times of the day when we're functioning on an optimal level. I know I'm better at functioning in the morning for certain tasks and in the evening for others. So by being aware of ourselves and knowing when we have the most energy and ability to give attention, at the times we're most likely to find ourselves in flow. We also need to work on a specific task and have a clear goal. If we keep changing from task to task, we're not being focused. And like we just mentioned before, the attention residue means that we're not concentrating on just one thing. So if we try to multitask, we can never find that undivided attention we would need. And the crossover between the two tasks is just as distracting as noises or thoughts we have. So by having a clear goal or purpose, we're already on track for creating that environment where our mind can be focused. Also creating mental cues. So as we know, our behavior is largely based on neuroassociations. So by creating a mental cue for getting into a flow state, you can begin to develop new neural pathways in the same way that practicing meditation conditions us to controlling, distracting thoughts and helps train our minds to remain focused. We can use triggers to help us reset and put us into a particular mindset. So we could do something like taking deep breaths or saying a sentence or affirmation before we begin a task. By repeating these over time, we're making it easier for ourselves to get into a state of flow. And like all habits, it's best to take small steps and then get those bigger results. And of course, it's always easier to lose ourselves in the moment when we're doing something we enjoy, something we love, and something we're passionate about. But no matter what we are doing, it's possible to find that balance between pushing our abilities and finding satisfaction in the challenge. So in our day-to-day -day lives, that can come from being aware of ourselves and purposefully creating an environment and bringing a positive mindset to whatever it is we're taking on. Next up, we'll listen to some of the interview I had with my good friend, drummer and athlete Jordan Slaughter. He shares his experiences and ways he uses to get into the flow in his two passions, sports and music. Welcome to the show. Awesome, man. Great to be here. Glad, uh, glad to be talking with you today. So tell us about how you got into drumming, why you got into drums. Oh, and man influences uh, I, I don't know i think i tried guitar first and then i think uh my dad got me a, a a bass guitar it was like you know a friend of a friend was selling one that had just been in his closet for forever whatever 
didn't work either way you know i mean I, I learned some chords on guitar and it just wasn't clicking or whatever but i could always dance always had good rhythm and my friend was like man you should, you should be a drummer you should, we should get you a drum set what sort of uh, time did it take you to get good at drums uh right off the bat i would say i, I had a natural just kind of disposition for it um uh, after a few months i uh, had gotten so used to it that i uh I was ready to play with with friends, and I mean, of course, I would practice by myself, and then I, I would usually practice with like a a discman, you know, yeah. put right, put on put on the headset, and uh, the the easiest ones I can remember that started it all, like me actually learning the drum beats was like easy, like ACDC, which is just like do ta, do ta, do do ta, do. You know what I mean? It's like something that's like not just two and four not just simple but a little bit of a change on it so how long was it before you started playing with bands right like almost right off the bat man I, I i really you know i can remember playing my first you know show and getting paid probably 14 15 years old you know the, all that stuff happened rather quickly and but that was you know my first band you know had some had some moderate success and uh that was just kind of the beginning of it all that was you know a good good start at what stage did you feel you were getting into a zone when you were playing with these bands i went back and forth between drums and percussion when i went off to college my band stayed together in san antonio but i think it was the guy who was singing started playing drums because i was gone so when i came back he was on drums and he's like i want to play the drums so i bought some uh, congas and a set of bongos and uh some shakers and you know different things like that and uh, started started playing uh percussion and uh, with percussion uh, i felt it was really easy to to create a flow i felt like when i transitioned from playing percussion back to drums so kind of going back mm -hmm. and forth is when i i really felt like oh you know like this is uh something that i i feel like i could do you know just kind of all seemed natural man it just all kind of all happened together did you have a sort of set method to prepare for a show what you're talking about building a flow and uh preparing uh just the actual getting my equipment together and having all my stuff how i like it uh it it kind of put me in a spot mentally where i knew that i was going to uh to be doing something special, something that I had to prepare for. Preparedness never... for, for a gig obviously is crucial. Like, can you think of a time where something went wrong or you showed up without something, kind of put you off your game and maybe that was a mistake and a lesson at the same time? Yeah, I think that's kind of where the carrying the backup came around. I think it was a show where, you know, a very essential piece of the snare just broke. It wasn't like it could be fixed or taped together or anything like that. It was just broken. Can you sort of describe what being in the zone feels like when you're drumming? Can you put that into words? Oh, man. So musically, uh, being in the zone is different, different than sports-wise and athletically, and I know we'll get to that later. But uh, musically, um, being in the zone has a little bit to do with losing yourself. And uh, what I mean by that is getting out of your own head. Uh, you know, musically, especially as a drummer, you could be counting in your head. You know, uh, you can be trying to keep certain rhythms, certain metronome timing. And uh, 
you know, you're <clears throat> you're thinking so much about the one, two, three, four that you're forgetting that there's all this space in between those numbers. There's all these things that you can do rhythmically to change a song, to make it feel different, to make it sound different, to uh, to just change the energy of it. So uh, I would say uh, a key part of me getting in the zone is, is, is kind of losing myself, like going, letting go of the ego, how you look or uh, you know, how you think the band is uh, getting along that day, whatever it may be. You know, you never know what somebody's going to be coming from. I, I can remember a gig uh, a couple years ago that I did when, and I wrecked my, my wife's car in the parking lot, you know, and it was a pole. I was like, man, it's a pole that's always been there, man. And it's a parking lot <laughs> that I've parked in hundreds of times. But yeah, something like that can totally interrupt your flow. So uh, getting all that stuff out of your head, clearing your, your mind a little bit. And uh, yeah, you may want to do some some deep breathing, some uh, some quick meditation. What always helps me is um, visualization, visualizing myself uh, playing uh, in front of the crowd, the crowd being into it, um, me not messing up, which is always a good thing. <laughs> Music's not particularly healthy lifestyle when you're gigging night after night, week after week. Correct. So when did uh? When did you start Correct. to discover health or think that? Man, I don't think it was after till after I had my my kiddo, until after I started my family. When I was like, ah, I'm getting older, it's time to start taking care of myself. And you know, I've always been competitive, but I would have never called myself an athlete. Uh, you know, just uh, growing up a little bit, I guess, is kind of what led me into you know starting to improve my life. And it started with. Uh, it started with cycling, which, I mean, you want to talk about a flow, like cycling is an awesome sport. If, if you want to talk about flow and trying to get into a rhythm, uh, again, drawing the correlation with drumming and uh, keeping a tempo, keeping a pace, uh, a lot of that, you know, applies to cycling. So I think a lot of that came naturally to me when I started writing, starting to take care of myself and starting to find all this other stuff, which led me into triathlon eventually. So you started initially off your own bat, just riding and running, but eventually yeah. you started training a little harder and you got a coach to help you do that. Right. I felt like if I was going to do a triathlon, especially when it came to the swimming part, I mean, I could have easily drowned in my first training sessions and even honestly in my first triathlon. I mean, I had no idea what an open swim was like or swimming out to the point where you can't see underneath you and you're not knowing how deep it was. There's a there's a mental thing that you have to get through to do those races. And when you're when you're a beginner, you don't know. You don't know yeah. anything. What other aspects of health do you have in your life uh i know we've had a couple conversations about intermittent fasting i really feel like intermittent fasting brought a whole nother level of discipline and a whole nother level of uh, athleticism uh to my body and to my regimen it takes a severe amount of discipline to uh eat the same things every day and mm -hmm. to uh to uh, put those nutrients in your body that you know it needs to perform at that high of a level but i try to uh to keep it locked in eating has, has been a big part of it i think also stretching 
And these are things that I learned from the back injury at a very early age. Stretch, stretch. And when you're done stretching, stretch a little bit more. Because, I mean, especially when you're over 40 and you're trying to do this, I mean, it's not a joke. You know, like you're going to go down. You're going to have injuries. You're going to fall off the damn bike like you and I both have recently. And, uh, you know, things are going to happen. So uh, if you if you put yourself in the best position possible health-wise, you're going to rebound so much faster from those from those injuries. You're going to be able to kind of bounce back a little bit better, a little bit faster. You mentioned the yoga there. Is that something you practice daily as well? Yeah, you know, it's just kind of uh, evolved its way or made its way, transformed its way into my just daily stretches and my back stuff. To me, I really think about it as mat work. Like when you throw the mat down on the floor, what is it that you can do on that mat that's going to help you work out the next day or, or in a couple of days, whenever it is that you decide to get back to it? For me, it's essential every morning, every night. Uh, all, all these things are all essential, small little pieces of the puzzle. And uh, once you start putting like one or to talk about flow, once you start putting one or two pieces of this puzzle together, the other things start to become clear. Mm. And that, you know, that goes into your personal life too. You know, wherever you're at spiritually, whatever it is that you believe in, once you clear some of those things up in your head, it allows you to concentrate on other things, which allow you to do better, which allow you to grow as a, as a human, which is only a good yeah. thing. You know, what would you suggest to people who are beginning a health journey, who perhaps haven't started or like yourself yeah. come into it a yeah. wee bit later in life? I would say um, just starting beginning is, is such a big key. I hear all the time, like I don't work out because I don't have the time or I don't work out because insert whatever excuse you want. Right. So let's say we've already passed that point. You know, because the getting started, that should not be underestimated by any means. Get started, right? So let's assume we're past that point. I would say establishing some kind of habit. Establish the pattern. And once you once you once you start those things, I think really just kind of finding your finding your flow, like we talked about. That's great advice, man. So my last question to you then, talking of advice, what advice would you give to the young jordan slaughter (laughs) start all this way before you did man if i could go back i would try to find that balance a lot sooner Mm -hmm. to taking care of myself eating better and then not overdoing it you know especially Mm -hmm. when you first start that's that's great advice to people who are first starting out don't overdo it it's so easy to blow it all out right when you first (laughs) get started and and what you do is you wind up hurting yourself and then you don't want to do it at all Thank you so much for coming in, sharing your thoughts no worries, and man. some I hope of your I life with us. Shed shed some light on some subjects for you. And uh, the number one thing I yeah, wish for everybody is to be able to find find that flow, whatever it is in your life that you're trying to do. As Jordan mentioned, finding those moments where we are truly absorbed in what we are doing requires work and focus. Like any new habits, it's all about practice and taking on challenges with a positive mindset and purpose. 
No matter if it's something you're passionate about or a task where you really need to muster up enthusiasm, practice and positivity can help you find your flow. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have any questions or comments or any ideas for future podcasts, contact us at theyogamatpodcast at gmail.com or go to cultivatehealth.co.uk. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and namaste.